Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 40 of Hunter Hunted, my original AVP fan fiction. As always, I do hope that you've been enjoying this little retelling of the uh, tale that I told all those years ago. And as always, if you can like, subscribe, share feedback wherever you can, either at fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. Just make sure you put podcast in the title so that, you know, I know which one you're dealing with. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own AVP, I don't own any of that, and I just don't want James Cameron chasing me down and hunting me to the ends of the universe. So, let's get on with the show. Chapter 40. Hail to the Queen. With each footstep the Queen's took, the whole arena seemed to shake underfoot. Ryan was panting heavily as he watched them, slowly encircling him and his new friend. This constant combat was having, and constantly having to use his dream warrior abilities had really taken its toll on him. He was exhausted. Ryan had never seen one of these creatures up close before, but the way his matriarch had described them to him so vividly in her stories had painted a very explicit picture of them in his head. They were so feared that to beat one of these things was described as holding one of the highest honours in Yujuta society. So how the hell was he expected to beat three of them all at once? And that's when it hit him. He wasn't supposed to beat them. From the very beginning they'd stacked the deck against him. They couldn't afford him to win because of what he represented and if he won they'd be forced under their own laws to acknowledge him and what he represented. As this realisation sunk in, Ryan felt a cold worm of determination crawling down his spine and into his chest. It seemed to reach his heart, and with every beat spread to the very furthest points of his body like cold fire. He felt his grip on his swords tighten, and he heard the leather on the grips creak slightly as his fingers bit into them. He felt his heart start to beat more steadily, and the strength returned to his limbs. His body was preparing itself for the fight of his life. The nearest of the huge creatures regarded Ryan with an almost curious head tilt. She seemed to be the most threatened by the hissing angry lizard to his left. But a swift and shrill shriek soon silenced Ryan's vexor lizard. He could feel fear ebbing from the big lizard in waves. He needed to act quickly before his companion's resolve died. So turning quickly to look at the nearest of the massive creatures, he stared her down. She seemed almost fascinated by him in the way she kept cocking her head from side to side, as if she couldn't quite gauge whether he was a threat to her or not. A sudden idea sprung into his mind and he decided to make it count. So focusing his strength into speed, he took off directly at the massive female at top speed. The Queen shrieked in both surprise and anger at this sudden move and responded by cracking her long barbed tail in his direction. But at this speed he saw it coming a mile off and was easily able to dodge around it and to use his swords to deflect the barbed tip as it jabbed in over his head. In fact, it was exactly how he she'd hoped she'd respond with a sudden burst of speed as he turned and she tried to pull her tail back. He grabbed hold of it. This yanked him off his feet and swung him around her back at incredible speed. Using this velocity increase, Ryan released at the last possible second and hit the wall. Using a combination of the velocity from the Queen's tail and his own strength, he kicked off the wall backwards, which sent him soaring into a high arc above her head. He was now looking down, upside down, at the very confused Queen from above, 
as he held his arms out to his sides to stabilise his body during the large arcing backflip. He just hoped he judged this right. The guard's head imploded in a shower of glowing green blood as Shenna slammed the sword of Perseus down on him. It managed to change itself into a rather large two-handed bastard sword this time, which caused her to have to change her attack pattern at the very last minute. She'd been using speed right up until that moment to confuse him. From her right, she heard a massive roar and turned to look just in time to see Tick tear another guard's arms right from their sockets and proceed to beat him rather violently to death with them. As she watched this, she was rather glad that the clan matriarch was on her side. She made a quick mental note never to anger her soon-to-be mother-in-law and moved on to the next guard who now had a picture of fear painted on his face as he watched the two advancing females. After they were finished with the last of the guards, Tick and Shenna headed through the freshly hacked open door and into the arena. As they walked down the dark corridor that led to where the prisoners were transferred to the cells that led them into the arena, Tick glanced at her young companion. Brace yourself for a serious fight here, young one. What we've faced so far is nothing to what we're going to face on the other side of these doors, she said, and Shenna nodded with an air of cold determination. But before they could, they reached the door and a lone figure walked out in front of them. Shenna's face hardened as she was. That's the Arbiter. That's the one that took Ryan from me, she growled in a voice instantly filled with rage. Instantly Tick's face hardened behind her mask. So this was the pork responsible for taking her beloved son from her. Oddly, the figure didn't move as the two angry females swiftly approached him. Also odd was the fact that he didn't seem to be armed with anything. But it was only when she got close that Tick noticed something else that stopped her dead in her tracks. It was his eyes. Reaching out her hand, she stopped Shanna from advancing. The young girl turned to glance at the matriarch in confusion on her face. Tick gestured for her to wait, as she sensed something was very wrong here. Finally, he spoke. You're Tick Ellith, aren't you? He asked in a cracking voice. I am, and you're the arbiter that took my cub from me for this vile judgment, aren't you? She replied in a calm voice that had obviously barely restrained Angela bubbling under it. I am. My name is Fenrir Sharna. And I want you to know how very sorry I am before I pass you pass your judgment upon me, he said. His words surprised both Tick and Shanna, and they both glanced at one another. If you are sorry that you did it, why did you do it in the first place? Shanna roared at him. He looked directly at her for the first time, and his eyes stunned her enough to cause her to take a step backwards, because these were the eyes of a haunted man full of fear, pain and anguish. You have to believe me when I say I thought what I was doing was the right thing. But he showed me, he showed me just how wrong I was about everything. All that pain, all that suffering that I have caused to so many, all that love that I have destroyed because of my blind ignorance. I'm responsible for all of this. I have taken so much beauty from this dark universe and burned it to ash. I am an unforgivable thing, he said in a voice so filled with pain that Tick actually felt sorry for him. What had her son done to him? Showed you how, Shen asked suspiciously. He showed me his life. Every thought, every feeling, every want, every love, every need, everything. I saw it all. 
the Arbiter said in a pitiful voice. Then he looked at Shena. He loves you, you know. It burns in his heart like an unstoppable fire. Such a beautiful and powerful thing. And I try to destroy it in my ignorance. It's what's driving him out there, I'm sure of it. I know I don't deserve it, but please forgive me. I had no idea that such a beautiful thing could even exist between different species. He said, Shenna clenched her hand to her breastplate as she thought of the male she loved out there fighting for his life. Then an idea struck her. If you want to be forgiven for your crimes, then you must repent for them, she said. She noticed Tick glanced at her curiously from her right. The arbiter's eyes brightened with a look of what looked like a ray of hope. Repent how? he asked. Join us and help us fight to get him back. You said you were ignorant. Well, now my beloved one has awakened you to the truth that you were blind to for so long. So that's no longer an excuse. Now it's your turn to stand up like a true Yejuta warrior and fight for what's right, she said in a rather strong and proud voice. Tick Ellith actually found herself rather impressed by her young companion's ingenuity. Pretty smart to turn your enemy to your cause. The Arbiter stared and started pacing back and forth as if he was having an internal debate. But then he rushed up and grabbed Shenna's hands. His sudden movements caused Tick to very nearly take his head clean off his shoulders. But when she could see that he meant her no harm, she just stopped herself in time. You're right. By the goddess, you're right. It's so simple. I'll fight for you. I'll help you to get him back, and after that I'll fight to stop all of this, he said with what sounded like happiness in his voice. Then he released her hands and turned to Tick Alith, who was now holding out a sword to him. Betray us, and I'll skin you alive myself, she said in a menacing voice. He took the sword. Don't you worry, they'll never fool me again. Your son showed me the truth, and now I know what I must do. He said, looking back at Shenry, smiled. Thank you. It's all so clear now. She nodded, and together the three of them turned and moved towards the cell doors that led into the arena. Ryan's backflip manoeuvre paid off, as when he flipped his legs back under himself, he managed to land right on top of the Queen's ridged head. He grabbed hold of the levery ridges and it held fast as he saw his vexed lizard throw itself at the Queen nearest to it and two, now the two were locked in a bitter struggle as they clawed and shrieked at each other. The queen quickly thrashed and tried to unseat him from on top of her head. With his left hand he grabbed a hold of the side of her face and screamed, Let me see you! And as he pumped the last of his strength into once again triggering his dream warrior abilities, with a rush the two consciousness joined. The queen's mind was stronger than he'd ever imagined. It wasn't easy to connect to her mind like it had been with any other being he tried this with. She was fighting him, and he could feel their minds wrestling for dominance over one another. But in a flash of inspiration, Ryan stopped trying to control her mind and simply fought for a stalemate. Every move she made he counted and blocked her. This frustrated the Queen and she tried harder, but it was in vain as his mind was too difficult to penetrate. Eventually she quipped trying and Ryan was able to slip his mind into hers, and he felt the two entwine, like lovers melding together for the first time, and his emotions slipped into his mind. Much to his surprise, the first thing he felt was not dark evil that he'd been expecting, but it was fear, raw, powerful fear, and a drive to survive. 
he saw her memories and her capture at the hands of a hunting party as they destroyed her hive. He felt her pain as her daughters and sons were mown down without mercy. He felt her anger at the imprisonment. But the emotion that stood out the most for him was fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what was happening to her. He'd never believed in a million years a creature like this would be capable of feeling fear. But he also felt her intelligence. He'd always believed that these creatures ran on a very dark version of instinct. But how very wrong he was. In that same moment, she'd been able to see his memories. She'd seen the entirety of his life, and also now knew and understood why he was fighting. In a moment, a bond and a connection was formed between them, and he heard a rather feminine voice in his head. I see you now, young one, it said softly. The queen reached around and gripped him in her strong claws, but rather than harm him, she placed him down on unsteady legs in front of her. His resources were all but now depleted thanks to having to use every bit of energy left to him to establish the connection to the Queen's powerful mind. She was now staring right at him, her face only inches from his. You are not like your kin, she said inside his head. No, I am different from them, but you are also not what I imagined, he replied rather wearily. You saw what you were taught to see, she replied. This made sense to him, as his preconception of these creatures had come from the stories he'd heard and from his battles with them on the field. Isn't that true of all of us? He replied, and she seemed to nod at this. But we both wish to be free of this place, and to live free, she said, and Ryan nodded. Then our goals are the same, she said slowly. They wish to kill me to kill you to prove my strength, Ryan said. As they were speaking, there was a howl of pain from his left, and he turned to look, and as he did, he felt stabs of pain through his torso. His vexed lizard had been killed by the other two queens, while he'd been conversing with this one. He felt his companion's pain as if it was his own, and it dropped him to his knees as he hugged himself, as he felt the life leave his companion's body, a feeling of cold dread washing over him in waves. After they were done with the mighty lizard, the two queens turned to their attentions to the stricken boy. As my sisters wish to kill you for what your kind has done to us, and to our kin, the other queen said in a rather calm voice. Ryan felt the panic rising within him. He had no strength left to fight them now. He'd played his last ace on a gamble here, but had he struck out? The bars that separated the main arena floor from the cell area provided no challenge for Tick's dual plasma casters, and they exploded outwards with two very well-placed shots. They were well beyond the need for stealth now. The blast tore a rasable, sizable hole in the separating wall, which she and her two companions charged through with reckless abandon. The sight that met her filled her with dread. Her son was there wounded and bleeding on his knees before three Kiramande queens. Tick roared in primal rage and charged the nearest queen at full tilt. From both her left and her right she heard two answering roars from both Shen and Blackcrest and now from Shen, Fenrir and Shana as the pair both charged the other two. But just as they were raising their blades to strike at the queen something appeared directly in front of her blade and took all of her strength to stop her downward swing from striking her now standing son. No, stop! Ryan yelled. 
and to her surprise he saw his matriarch changing at the queen. Using everything he had from the last, he sprang to his feet and dashed forwards. He put himself in between the two charging groups and held up his hands to stop them. As he did, he felt like something like a bubble burst inside him, and he was suddenly filled with energy he'd never felt before. From the highest stand, a watching Pius smiled to herself, and she turned to her two companions. One was a young man dressed in simple cloths, carrying a harp by the name of Agnes Og, and the other a long black hooded cloak, carrying both a staff in his hand and a sword under the cloak by the name of Gwydion. It begins, she said, smiling at her two companions. He's awakening, Gwydion said, looking at the young boy standing between the two groups. Hopefully you haven't chosen unwisely here, Pyre, Agnes Og said, regarding the young boy with a curious eye. Search your heart, Angus. You see his strength as I do. This young hybrid dream warrior and his human father, the keys to both their salvations. Without them, both races and many more are doomed to the creeping blackness when it comes, Pyre said. Damn Loki. What in all the heavens was he thinking when he released that nightmare into the Morton realm? Gwydion said, kicking a stone at his feet angrily. You know what he's like. Totally hates mortals and our dependence on them. I think in his twisted mind he wants to prove that we don't need them and to try and take this universe back to the way it was in the beginning, Angus Og said, glancing at his old friend. Well, whatever his reasons, it's up to us to stop it now. Come now. I have another to visit, Pia said, and both her companions nodded, and all three of them turned and walked into a dust cloud that swept them away as if they'd never been there. Ryan, move out of the way, they'll kill you, Tickarth growled at her son as he blocked her strike on the Kiramande Queen. But her son didn't move, he stood firm. Oddly, neither of the queens moved either. They didn't attack either him or them. They simply stood there hissing angrily, swishing their tails from left to right as they faced down the other group of Yejuta that had charged in. But for some reason, they refused to move past her son. Ryan turned to look at her, and to her utter shock, his purple eyes appeared to be glowing. No, they won't, he said simply. His voice sounded different, broken to the point of utter exhaustion, but at the same time containing a strength and determination that reminded her of one, one other and only one other, her beloved Ack. Ryan turned to face the queens, and he reached up and out, and held out his hand to the queen nearest him, and it was that point Tick noticed a purple energy pulsing through his veins, making them all stand out from his skin. The queen regarded him with a suspicious glance, but then she lowered her head and allowed his hand to be placed on her skin. The area where he touched lit up with a purple glow, he turned to face her and offered her his other hand out. Tick didn't know what the pork was going on here, but she knew one thing. She trusted her son, and he was a dream warrior like her beloved life mate, so she decided to trust his judgement. Slowly and cautiously she stepped forward, till she was right next to him. She couldn't believe she was this close to Kiramande Queen without it striking her. It was like an absolute miracle but for some reason the beast trusted and responded to her son. So what sort of mother would she be if she didn't trust his judgment? 
She bowed her head and Ryan placed a hand on to the side of her face. Instantly she felt a buzzing in her skull. It wasn't painful, but it was strange. Now see each other and know each other as I know you both, he said, and in a flash Tick's mind was filled with the thoughts and feelings of the Kiramandi Queen, and vice versa the Queen's mighty mind was filled with images of Tick's life. And there's the established connection, bright purple light, both the Queen to her two sisters and joined them into the link. The same thing happened from Tick to both Shanna Blackcrest and Fenrir Shana. Suddenly the whole group was overwhelmed with a collective consciousness as their entire collective experiences, both good and bad, shared among each other, as if there's so many of them lived so many different lives were all now melded into one. In his box high above the arena, the clan leader couldn't believe his eyes. Not only had the three intruders burst in and tried to stop the trial, but now the young dream warrior hybrid, who up until this point looked like he was about to fall to the Queen's, was doing some sort of dream warrior magic, and had joined the whole group together with some sort of purple light, with him at its centre. As he watched, the boy glowed like he was made entirely of light. He'd heard of the might of dream warriors, but he'd never only imagined that not only could they stop Kiramandi Queen dead in their tracks, but by the looks of it, control them. This could get very bad very fast if you turn those beasts on them. It was time to put a stop to this. He signalled his personal guards and they responded. Ryan felt an amazing range of emotions flowing through him, like a living network, as they all now joined into the group, shared thoughts, emotions and experiences together. It's like being in a bubble filled with happiness, joy and love, but at the same time, horror, fear and pain. It was an incredible experience that no words could really give credit to. The one that really touched his heart was the most, was the mutual understanding from all that he felt coming from all sides. The Yuta understanding the xenomorphs and vice versa. But then a sense of danger that was coming from the queens caused him to sever the link and everyone returned to normal. As the link was severed, they all looked around in surprise. Tick was amazed beyond words at what she'd just experienced. She'd never imagined in a million lifetimes that Kiramandi queens would have emotions like that. But then Ryan cut the link, and she was alone in her head again. Blinking a few times to clear her head and reorientate herself, she glanced at her son. She knew why he'd severed the link, because he'd felt it so she had felt the danger coming from one of the queens as well, as they'd sensed something. Shenna Blackcrest shook her head to clear it. And then she turned upon seeing the male she loved standing there, tall and proud. She ran to his side. As she reached him, he smiled at her. I knew you'd come, he said without saying a word. She threw her arms around him and held him tight against her. She'd longed for this, for what had felt like a lifetime. To feel his body against hers again, and to feel his warmth once more. She swore that no matter what happened from this point forward... She would never leave his side ever again. Live or die, this is where she would be. She would do it alongside the one she loved. As she did, there was a roar of rage from the stands. Both she and Ryan recognised it was Shenna's father. Take her hand, your hands off her, you filthy half-breed scum, he roared. This was met by a far more fierce roar from Tick. Hers was so loud that it echoed from the walls and almost seemed to shake the entire arena's very foundations.
How dare you call my beloved son scum, you porking coward? Come down here and face me! She roared in a voice so fierce that it struck fear into even the heart of the battle-hardened warriors present. Ryan and Shannon looked at each other and instantly, as she saw his eyes, she knew that he had a purpose here. She nodded and disengaged from her. He walked over to his raging matriarch. He placed a hand on her massive arm and she glanced down at him. He smiled at her, drawing his mandibles up and showing her his warrior's teeth in exactly the same way that his father did. It was just enough to calm her down for a second. Then he stepped forward away from her and turned to face the crowd. You call me scum. You call me a filthy half-breed. But yet here I stand, having taken all of your trials and having passed them. I have fought everything you've thrown at me, despite the fact you've stacked the odds to try and make it impossible for me to win. What warrior here can say that they would have stood a single chance against one of these, let alone three, beautiful and magnificent creatures in single combat? He said in a loud, proud voice as he swept his hand to gesture to the three Kiramandi queens who had moved to surround him in a protective circle, like bodyguards protecting their charge. But anyone could see that this boy's words were touching them as well, because instead of a battle stance they now stood tall and proud at his sides. You say you have passed, but they do not look slain to me, the clan leader said, as he and his personal guard made their way down through the stands to the edge of the arena. The rules state that I must defeat them. It does not say that I must slay them. I do not wish to slay them, and they feel the same about me. And given that they have entered into this arena with every intention of killing me, and here I am standing, I would interpret that to mean that I have victory. Ryan said calmly. One of the queens hissed at the clan leader angrily. Ryan reached up and placed a hand on her flank and she glanced down at the young green warrior stood at her side and she nodded to him. There was a loud chatter among those gathered in the stands. Surprisingly, it seemed that the majority of the crowd seemed to agree with Ryan. Then there's the matter of the unforgivable interruption of the trial by these others, the clan leader said. It was followed by a chorus of the crowd from who agreed with him. They never landed a single blow on a single opponent that was mine to face. So other than making a very dramatic entrance into the arena, they never changed the outcome nor fought any opponent meant for me. So the outcome was the same, Ryan said. This was met by murmurs of agreement from those in the crowd in agreement with the young dream warrior. Suddenly the clan leader felt nervous. So many of those gathered here seemed to be in agreement with the young half-breed. Well then, there is still one more trial for you to face, young one. If the patriarch of the Blackcrest family wishes, he may face you in single combat. And if any of your companions so much as flinch in your directions, I will find you in breach of trial and declare your guilt, he said in a smug voice. Ryan could hear both Shenna and his matriarch angry, clicking his mandibles from behind him. Very well, I accept those terms. My companions here will not interfere. If he wishes to face me, it will be in single fair combat, Ryan said. He felt all of his companions staring at his back in disbelief. The clan leader turned to the patriarch of the Blackcrest family. What say you? Will you face him? He asked, and there was a roar from the crowd. I will, 
and I will destroy him for defiling my daughter with his filth, he replied. This nearly triggered Tick off again, till she saw her son's eyes, and instantly she recognised that look. It was the very same look that her beloved Ak had when he had a plan. But he couldn't stop the anger of Shenna. She raced forward and addressed the entire crowd. Who the poke do you think you are? You call the male I love with my entire heart and soul filth. Well, then that means I am filth too. And I'd rather be filth than whatever you proclaim to be. His clan is the most honourable and strongest I have ever met. They accepted me without any judgment, despite the fact that you would exile me for simply loving. Well, I have laid my heart claim to this beautiful male, and his clan matriarch has accepted it. I do not care if he's half Uman, or even if he was fully Uman. He is the most strongest, beautiful male that I have ever had the honour to lay my eyes upon. He has treated me with nothing but love, respect and honour. He displayed more of the values that you claim to uphold than any one of you gathered here, and yet you have the audacity to put him on trial for merely existing. I don't care what he is. My heart simply cares who he is, and I will happily stand, live and die at his side. I know he would have mine, she roared. Then she turned directly to face her father in the crowd. I am not one of your porking trophies to be hung on a porking wall. I am flesh and blood, and my heart's want what it wants, and I don't give a pork what you think of me or him. I love him, and I won't let you or anyone else tell me that's wrong. I renounce your bigoted name, and I are close-minded ideals. I am now, and forevermore from this point onwards, Shenna of the proud clan Mason. She roared in a voice that put Tick's battle cry to shame. Ryan walked over to him, placed a supporting hand on her shoulder pauldron. She turned to face him before tearing her mask from her face and pulling him into a passion-filled kiss. It caused quite a stir among those gathered. Some roared in anger at this spectacle, while others, much to a surprise of a few, more of those gathered roared in support of the two young lovers. As they parted, Ryan smiled at her, and he saw the love and fire in her eyes. "'Kick his ass, my love!' she said with a dark smile. He nodded and turned to face the clan leader again. As he did, Tick Elf came over and placed a proud hand on the young girl's shoulder, and she nodded approvingly of her display of defiance and love in the face of everyone here. You do your, plan, your clan proud, daughter, she said. Shema simply smiled at her clan matriarch. The clan reader banged his fist on the rails to get everyone's attention because the spectacle had caused quite an uproar among those gathered. Very well. The rest of your companions will step down and this will be a fair fight. Single combat in the oldest of the Ujuta traditions. The clan leader yelled and the crowd roared in agreement. Ryan nodded to his group and they all begrudgingly retreated to the edge of the arena. It's quite a spectacle watching three Yujuta warriors and three Kiramandi queens walking together like they were all comrades in arms. Then as he turned, Ryan saw that Shenna's father had entered the arena and was standing facing him, his ceremonial armour shining under the lights. I will destroy you and hang your head on my trophy wall, scum. Well, either that or I'm going to destroy your reality, Ryan said. This angered the elder Yujuta male, and with an angry roar which Ryan echoed, they charged at each other with their swords drawn high. 
That was chapter 40, ladies and gentlemen. So what will be the outcome? Will Ryan win? Will he lose? Will the clan go back to the way it was? Or will anything everything that everybody's ever known change? Only one way you're going to find that out. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time. <laughs>